Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to NS9 Live. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we got Jim. We got Tyler. We had a hell of a long intro, but that intro was just for you, my man, the Fort, Michael McHenry. What's up, my guy? <laughs> What's up? I had a long delay for you guys, so I appreciate the intro. It was just a tough, tough go at it to get this stuff going today. Um, yeah, I mean, I appreciate that as well. I was going to take one of the team and say it was my fault. But uh, I'm glad you you did. <laughs> I was looking up. Fair enough. <laughs> hey, nice setup though. Nice setup. I mean, you did. Uh, compared to last it's time all, you were on, it's it was all the wife just, here. I'll give you, I'll yeah, give you a little just, preview of what my wife did. Look at this. All right, ready? Yeah. I got my ball collection over here. Okay. Now, are those all like autographs? Yeah. All autographs. It's the only thing I really, really got into and collected. So, mama, yeah. all mama. She, she does those things well. She's amazing. So, yo, I'm jealous. You way smarter than me. Yeah, man. I, I listened to an audio engineer, and there's a, there's a thing on Twitter or Instagram. I, I got. It's this guy explaining physics and everything else that you never understand, and that's what audio engineering is. It's, it's absolute joke. I don't even have my cool stuff going like the roadcaster because there's so many buttons there's so many things going on i feel like i don't know anything i literally feel like a toddler i can't even crawl but could that audio engineer have came up with that intro that the Narder did that's exactly right that's exactly right. i was hoping i was going to see some actual dancing kind of disappointed but maybe next time next time even though we said we had to no, <laughs> no, it's not, no doubt. <laughs> I feel like we just communicated in nothing but like dancing gifs, but yeah, I mean, what better way to communicate? In, in my mind, what better way? <laughs> I'm just very happy they're trashing Jim's setup and not mine. I know. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, you know what? I'm not gonna lie. I need to do better. I need to do better. That's on me. It's on me. Hey, listen. But I mean, it doesn't matter like a whitewash. How good it is if it doesn't play well? Today it didn't play well. It looks great. It didn't play very well. So we got to figure it out. Yeah. Get back in the batting cage and get some work done. Whew. Yeah. Yeah, Jim. Fix yeah, mine setup. works. Mine works at least. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's all that matters. <laughs> but anyways, so big show, big show. I mean, something happened this past week. I'm not quite sure what it was. Uh, maybe you guys can enlighten me. But I think the Pirates made a signing and they added someone that you might know quite well. Uh, I didn't check the news. I, I don't know what happened actually. So 
What you guys may need to fill me in. Wait, wait, wait. I mean, honestly, like I feel like my Twitter exploded, Pittsburgh exploded, and I, I told everybody I could. I think they released it. They're, I think they're going to release it tomorrow. There's a statement. I said, it's exactly what the Pirates organization needed. It's what the city deserved. And it's about time that we think about that we are family in Pittsburgh because this guy represents it. He lives here. He's a Pittsburgher. He's made home. And he's going to raise his kids here. There's no better guy to bring back to kind of get us back on that winning way and just kind of teach these young bucks, you know, the way that we have. start hitting the ground running and then obviously they made the wild card the next couple of years yeah yeah so the pirates bring back andrew mccutcheon a one-year five million dollar deal i know all of us are pretty excited for multiple reasons you know and, and jim and i had a show we talked about a little bit here um and i'll tell wants to add his little insight here input but I mean, this is like something that the pirates like we've been talking about the pirates need like bringing some veteran presence which they've started to do you know this year um, but then, you know, the cap it off with Andrew McCutcheon coming back home. I, I don't think like as a, I don't know, like, again, like taking the play out, but like, oh, as, no. oh no. <laughs> we've lost four. Uh, I'm back. I'm back. I'm coming back. Oh, we can hear you. Yeah. Your audio is good. Dude, guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're I'm good. sorry. <laughs> But Not just even like, a camera can damper our mood. So, Andrew McCutcheon cam too. Look at that. He probably just moved the camera. No, this is terrible cam, bro. Here we go. Here we go. We got this. We got this. There we go. We're back. Okay, there it is. But yeah, just like sentimentally speaking, you know, bringing back Andrew McCutcheon, like how important that that feels, and like for the city, how big that is. I, I think it's huge, and I think we're going to be close to $80 million, and everybody complains about Bob Nutting and him spending money. So for you guys and everybody that's in Pittsburgh, it should be a sign that things are starting to change. We're going to have one of the best farm systems, if not the best farm system. I always kind of say top five is, you know, kind of showing that you're number one, and depending on how guys play, it turns out the, the number one shows, you know, on paper, not necessarily just a writer doing it. And then that signing – of the best arm in Korea. I mean, that was a huge, huge signing. And if you're signing a pitcher out of Korea and he wants to get out of there, that's a big deal because those guys usually come in later. They develop 95, 96. He's got really good stuff, really good feel of his uh, breaking pitches. So there's a good chance he can be in the big leagues at 20, 21, especially in today's game. Yeah, by the way, that was actually just announced, like breaking news, John Drecker, a $750,000 bonus for oh. – Jun Suk Shim, I think is how you'd pronounce that. But yeah, that just came through about 15 minutes ago. So yeah, maybe I was a little ahead. I didn't even look. I knew it was happening today. And I'm just excited because getting guys like that, you can get them for a little bit less. And the, the talent level and, and things are kind of growing, especially over there because their training's changing. They're not just focused on conditioning. They're doing a lot of things different, really getting into analytics. And these guys are coming over, obviously, with Otani and some of these guys that are from the Asia, Asia region. I mean, these guys are special, and they have a discipline that isn't similar in uh, the United States. So I'm really excited about them going out and doing that. So just to rewind, since you apparently knew about that news before everyone else, when did you find out about the McCutcheon news, and why did you not tell us? 
Uh, I did not see my phone, but he texted me the night before and said, I'm back, all caps, and I was so fired up. I was like, bro, you, you can't do this to me. I'm never going to sleep now. But, yeah, I'm just super stoked. And it's what he wanted. He took less money, and um, he had a lot of opportunities. It was kind of slow at first, letting everybody trickle down. And then as soon as January hit, there's a lot of calls. And, you know, when Pittsburgh said, hey, we'll give you more playing time, he was like, I'm in. Not to, um, you know, we don't, don't, you don't have to share anything personal or anything, but like, is this something where like, were you talking to him this off season? Like, Hey man, it'd be really cool if you got, if you got a, got a deal with Pittsburgh, like, was that something that, that you, that you all discussed or, or what? It's something I, I kind of joked around with for a long time. He needed to, he needed to come back. He fits. It's a really good time for him to come back to make a huge impact, not just, you know, for his family, for his friends, I mean, obviously his wife was born and raised here. So the reality of it is, is like, it is a great time. Didn't want to push. I just kind of said, hey, you know, where are you thinking? And as soon as JT Martinez went to LA, that, I was like, okay, he's not going to go there. Where are you going to go? Those right-handed bats start trickling. I'm like, he doesn't really fit with the Pirates, but he needs to be here. You know, when they went out, out got Adahar, I was like, man, that's Kutch's position. This guy should not be here. We should have Andrew next year. But the reality of it is, stack it up, see what happens, and you can trade some guys in spring training, a little healthy competition, and then Kutch is just going to be a staple right in the middle of that lineup. And it's going to be nice to see a guy that hits double-digit homers every year, has a great on-base percentage, still can run, and I'm hoping he gets to play a little bit right field. People talk about left, but right field I think is his spot. Yeah, I think in PNC too, I mean, he's he's definitely – he's definitely not the player he was right when he was in Pittsburgh, but I don't think anybody's expecting the, that type of production from him anymore. Uh, I think right field probably suits him a little bit better too, just cause less ground to cover, you know, and, and, you know, all that. But uh, yeah, I mean, just, we, we, we came on, we had like a special emergency podcast Saturday morning and it's, man, I couldn't be more excited. Like, I mean, he's my favorite baseball player of all time. So it's like anytime your favorite team signs your favorite baseball player, like, there's just you you gotta be just through the roof ecstatic. I cannot wait to like go to spring training, see him in a pirates uniform. I can't wait till opening day, you know, hear his name, home opener. You know, there's gonna be a crazy, you know, roar of the crowd when he gets introduced. I it's just it's fun, right? And that's why we do this. Like we we watch this sport for fun and for entertainment. And uh yeah, it's gonna be fun this year. It is. I mean, you guys are from this area. You grew up here. Mm-hmm. What does it feel like for you guys? I mean, this is not something that's typical, right? Like, I, I can't think of someone that has act later in their career in a Pirates uniform in the last couple of decades that could even come close to this type of impact. Mm-hmm. And I just came back from fantasy camp and hearing the history in, in like, real time. Like, it felt like I was there with – like LaValier and, and all those guys, the stories they were telling, it, it's like, we just got to remember we're pirates. Like we're rough around the edges. You know, we're going to take your gold, steal your weapon and just win at all costs. And you're going to go away limping. They've talked about that, that, that they would just go as hard as they could on the field. off. That's what ends up happening with Kutch coming here, it just changes the culture completely. But for you guys, I would like to understand how it feels for you. 
I mean, I'm still holding out hope that Barry Bonds returns. There's still a, <laughs> a glimpse. Day. I feel like it might happen, you know, maybe next year. Um, but no, like that was one for me. Yes. I mean, I was like, what if Barry Bonds came back and returned to the Pirates? I, I felt like that would be awesome. Um, but I think, like you said, like this is probably the closest it is to something like that, like a comparable player, someone who's really, really good coming back and seems like probably finishing his career. I think it's, I think it's great. Like you said, the timing of this, it's not as if there's a whole lot of pressure. They're in this rebuild. There's a lot of young guys coming in. Like, like I put it, the, the people that did this for Andrew McCutcheon, you know, when he was coming up, he gets to be that guy now for the same team. And like, honestly, when he was traded for ironically, Brian Reynolds, we know, we know how Pittsburgh works. We, we know, like, I just, I just always assumed it was never going to happen. And we've talked about this last year, like, Hmm, you know, cut should be a good fit here. Why not give him a two year deal? And it didn't happen last season. You know, like we joked about this season, but almost like how you were saying, like, it was almost like a joke. It was almost like you didn't think it was going to happen, but it's something you wish to happen. And it actually happened. So I'm elated for multiple reasons. Just to have him back here, like what it means to the city, I feel like, how I think it means to him, you know, how much he loves the Pittsburgh and such. Um, but then like for this rebuild and for this organization, I think it's going to be huge. Well said. Well said. That I'm fired up. What about you guys? I think it just kind of caps off the career as long as he does finish it here. It lets us look back at this, I think, a lot more fondly than it potentially could have with the trade. We would have looked back at what could have been if he sticks around or just, yeah, but he got traded. It's almost the closest thing I could think of is A.J. Burnett when he came back, and that's not even close. But the way the city rallied around and threw a bat signal out there, and that was a different team that obviously was contending, but that's the closest thing I can even think of. And this is a different level. Yeah, and and I I can't think of a Pirates equivalent to this. Um, you, know, you you can almost think of like you know the Penguins when like Lemieux came back, right? Like after his layoff and, but they, like, he didn't really go anywhere, right? Like he was still around, like he, 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 you know, bought part of the team, but you know, that whole sentiment where it was like, you know, you had Lemieux and then, you know, he came back. Right. And that was, that was really cool. And it was, you know, Lemieux playing with Crosby at the very beginning of his career. So I guess there's kind of a few parallels there uh, because when, you know, when it comes to the pirates, you know, McCutcheon is definitely the, uh, you know, I mean, biggest superstar we've had here since, you know, Denardo, you mentioned it since Barry Bonds. So um, I know <laughs> no, well, let's settle down. No, but um, I mean, to me, that's kind of the only like comparison that I can think of, you know, in, in Pittsburgh, um, you know, and you saw like St. Louis last year with Pujols coming back and kind of like oh. what that did for the team. Um, like, I, I don't think this is McCutcheon's last year. Like, I know it's a one year deal, but I have a feeling this could last more than a year. Um, and so I'm hoping, you know, you know, I'm hoping he ends his career in Pittsburgh, but I'm hoping that end isn't, isn't this season, right? It would be really cool to kind of see his career end, you know, with like a pirates winning team, a playoff team, you know, and kind of getting, getting this, this organization back to, to where we need it to be. And, and I, and I think this team is going to take some steps forward this year. I don't know if they're necessarily playoff contenders quite yet, um, but they're getting there. I mean, with the young players that they're putting together, the lineup this year is, you know, it has some depth to it now. 
you know, that with the players that they've signed, that there was some legit baseball reasons to sign Andrew McCutcheon too. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned never it before. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think they could have, like I said, I think they could have used a right-handed corner outfielder and then they went out and they got the best one available, I think. And it just so happened to be, you know, a, a superstar in the city that the fans love and adore. So I can't, can't say enough good things about this move. I think he's talking. Is he frozen? Yeah, I think Fort's frozen. <laughs> yeah, we everybody froze. There we <laughs> there are. He yeah, is. Like, there I, you I, Hey, it's that's I don't know what that is. If it's my Wi-Fi, mine's reading off the charts. Like I said, I feel like there's a devil in here. He's just he's just pulling cords and doing all kinds of things. But um, you know, when when you think about it, like you guys were just talking about um, best bat available and everything else, but like just the nostalgia that it's going to bring and, and the opportunity for you know some of the youngsters that didn't get to see him play, they're going to get to see him play. I mean, I, I get it all the time when you're like, hey, you're my favorite player when i was a kid i'm like oh, okay how old are you now like 24 i'm like oh okay when'd you like me like oh was like seven i was like oh no but like he's gonna get a lot of that and i feel like it's gonna build his yeah. confidence and, and he's gonna take off i mean he doesn't have to be the guy because he's not the best player talent wise anymore i mean o'neill cruz the superhuman the cyborg is obviously the most talented player so i'm excited to see how he can pour in and another great signing is rich hill if we don't talk about rich hill he's one of my favorite guys on the planet when it comes to a guy that competes on the mound. So that's exciting. And I got to say one more thing about Barry Bonds. Sign him one day and get that guy in the Hall of Fame, period. Get him in the Hall of Fame. He needs to be there. We've talked about it before. I'm tired of it. Like Just put him in the Hall of Fame. If you're that good, you're that good, right? Yes. Period. Like It, it was just a season of baseball, right? If you want to put an asterisk on whatever, but tell the story of all of it, you know, like – you see the list now. I mean, there, there's guys, I'm sure, on there, and I'm sure there's guys that are in the Hall of Fame that have done all kinds of stuff. But the reality of it is, tell the story of the game. I'm for it. Yeah, I think we're all for I think we're all <laughs> yeah. for that one. <laughs> what yeah, I wanted to ask you about got it, McCutcheon, man. though, real quick, where do you see him really fitting here with him? primarily DHing last year. I know there's a lot of holes. I, I seem to think he can still play the outfield. The speed seemed to come back last year. But do you see him still in that outfield spot? Because the DH role is kind of filled here. Uh, uh, yeah, I think I think it's just going to kind of have to play out depending on, you know, last year he didn't do as much in the outfield. He had some bumps and bruises. So I think if he comes out swinging the baseball bat, he's a guy that is – just going to be awesome for this lineup. Same with Santana. <laughs> these guys can get on base and let these run producers and these guys that are going to have swing and miss because they're young, you know, drive in some runs. I mean, we saw what O'Neill Cruz did in that short stint. I'm really excited to see Swinski, you know, get a full season. I think his potential's through the roof. But you surround them with some really good talent ball players and players they have. I mean, good things can happen. I think Kutch is going to take a little bit of – you know, maybe less at bats than normal, but the reality of it is, is if he's swinging the bat hot, he's playing. I, I really believe, and I pray that we see a Pirates team going out trying to win every single game. Period. Like every game, they're going out. No more talk about development. Hey, we're going out. We're going to try to win today. So that way, hey, 
if you're not swinging the bat good, you're not swinging the bat good. And that's Ben Sherrington. It feels like he's making that shift. He feels like it's time. And I hope that's what happens because you and Pittsburgh in general are going to see something different that wasn't with Neil Huntington because Ben Sherrington's going to go. When he's ready, he's going to go. He's going to push Bob Nutting. He's going to push everybody around him. And he's willing to hear no's and he likes feedback. He likes pushback, all of it. So I'm excited to see kind of where he takes us and as he's conducting this train ride right into hopefully the playoffs real soon. We're holding you to that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I I literally (laughs) argue with people all the time about how good this team could really be this year. And the easiest way to put it is look at Cleveland, period. Look at Cleveland. We have we could possibly have a better starting rotation, better lineup, and our bullpen, as long as they're not abused, take a step forward. We're better than Cleveland was last year. So that's the reality. I think I might, a lot of things have to hit. Have power. Yeah, I'm I might disagree with you on the rotation piece there, but but I do think the team has some potential to actually like make some noise. First off, I don't think the NL Central is all that strong. Um, you've got the Reds who seem to be really punting the season. Uh, I think the Cardinals are going to be good again. Uh, the Brewers, I don't think, got better. The, the Cubs probably got better with like the Swanson signing, uh, but you know they're still not you know where you would expect the team you know with their resources to be quite yet. So I think there's like some potential here that this team could surprise people. I think a lot of things do need to go right. Like you know the people that we've been talking about need to take you know those big steps forward. Um you know I think I see this team more of like 75 to 78 wins, but you know if you're if that's you know where the average is, good things come together and you know you've got an 85 win team competing for a wild card spot. You know so uh, I, I think there's, I think that's something that could definitely happen this year. I don't like, I'm not expecting it, but like, this is a team that shouldn't be el- mathematically eliminated with, you know, four weeks to go in the season. Um, it, it should be a team, like you said, that putting a lineup out on the field every day that is attempting to win baseball games. Um, you know, that, that was, that was something last year that just, you know, just just bothersome as a fan. You look at some some lineups put out, and you're just like, you know, what are we doing? Why why am I about to waste three hours of my life watching this game? But I don't feel like I'm going to have that that thought at all this year. Like, I think I think there's enough depth and there's enough talent that you know this team's going to be the team's going to compete. I completely agree. I mean, it it all depends on you know steps forward and not regressions, health. There's a lot that there are a lot of question marks, but not as many. And most of them have to do with how fast we're going to get Indy Rodriguez up. You know, how are these guys going to develop? I'm really excited from everything I've heard about Nick Gonzalez, where he's at and where he could potentially be uh, sometime this season and how good that triple A team's going to be. I mean, we're going to have the best triple A team in all of baseball. And in 2017, I got to play for the best triple A team and the best organization at the time in the minor leagues with Tampa Bay. And that team went on, and they've literally been in the playoffs year after year after year. Some of the guys got traded, like Willie Adamas, doing great things. And that's the reality I see. I, I see that Tampa, you know, building blocks with something a little bit different that I can't necessarily put my hands on. I'm excited to talk to the front office about and how they're trying to 
maybe slow play this or are they going to try to you know put their foot on the gas as soon as they see that open window and that's all I'm looking for I really want them if they see an opportunity as early as mid mid April or uh, middle of May take off don't hold guys back super 2 doesn't exist just go that would be unbelievable for the city and unbelievable for those young guys cuz that's how you get those guys to believe in what they're creating Oh no. Uh well bye bye. His very last words. So for the people on audio, we just lost the fort. I'm assuming he'll try to get back on here soon. Oh, and we lost Tyler. Did we lose what's going on? I don't know what's happening. But uh Yeah. Well on a roll there too. This is kind of weird. Yeah, he actually got me to say like good things about this Pirates team. You're, yeah, I mean, Jim. No, no, me. He's a whole new person. <laughs> you lost like, me too. I don't know what happened. There you we go. I, I, hopefully it's better. I, I switched it up some. So, I I think your uh, devil in your room came to mind because I got booted too. They yeah, to finish what I was saying. I, I felt like I was like kind of getting stoic about my belief in Pittsburgh, and it probably got cut off. I really hope they fast play this if they see that light with all these guys that are really, really close to the big leagues. You know, they're putting good staff together. I hope the analytical department and people don't get in the way and they just trust their instinct and gut what they're seeing on the field. Because I truly believe there's a lot of guys. When you look at Underwood went and pitched in Puerto Rico, you have guys playing kind of all over the country and in other, uh, other countries trying to get better. A lot of them were told not to, but they want to take a step forward. And if you if you push that gas real fast at the right time, you'll see a culture shift, and it'll hold on because it'll say, man, these guys believe in us. Let's go. Fort, you think I know how you really step on that gas? You don't hold those guys down at all. Exactly. Bring them up opening day. Don't I, even wait till mid-April and see where we're at. Just go. I completely agree. If any Rodriguez comes in and absolutely annihilates the baseball – him and Hedges start the year, period. I mean, I can understand some some guys didn't get enough at bats, but this guy is one of the best prospects in all baseball. And I, I have Andy Haynes saying, you know, when you look back at superstars and the numbers that they put up in AAA and in AA, a lot of times they put up so ridiculous numbers. And I went back and was like, okay, I'm going to look at this. Andy Rodriguez is a catcher that it was hitting like Bryce Harper in the minor leagues, Buster Posey. I mean, we're talking about huge numbers. So I, I just hope they give him an opportunity, let him do his thing. He's still hitting in, in, in the winter league because he's a special cat. And supposedly he can really catch too. I've seen him play more other positions, but just kind of look at what's around. And it could be very special, very fast, but they need to definitely get out the checkbook and start locking these guys up early. So what do you think? I know you're talking about Charrington, right? It's go time, it's go time. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you were to put any odds or anything. Like, I mean, we all here think day one Andy should. I think the biggest thing we talk about is have faith in your guy, especially with the new rules and such that they can get paid. There's some incentive, right? And as a team, there's some incentive. If he gets rookie of the year or top voting, you get a draft pick. So like I, like, I think all of us have agreed. We kind of feel like put him in there, show some faith in your rookie. The worst comes the worst and he's not producing well, then you can just demote him and save your Super 2, right? But, like, what do you think the odds are maybe that ND could start day one? I mean, that it's going to speak volumes. If he has a big spring, 
and he's not up, it, it, it's just showing of what they're trying to do because he has nothing to prove. Double A is a much harder league to hit in than triple A, period. So, and the difference in today's game than just two or three years ago is, and where I, I wish we had this when I was playing, the analytics and the scouting reports are the exact same in double A and triple A as they are in the big leagues now. So guys aren't getting overwhelmed with that. So this guy played first base. He played outfield. He played second base. He did everything possible. And he caught at an elite level. And he was the best hitter at every level he played at. So the reality of it is, it's going to speak volumes. And I say that to everyone that's listening and you guys. If he's not in the big leagues day one and he has a good spring and he doesn't look overmatched, there should be a lot of questions. I mean, a ton of questions. Is he a bad clubhouse guy? What's going on? There's got to be something else. Or it's just, hey, we don't think we're ready. And if that's the reality, when are you ready? Right? Because baseball's played 162 times in a year for a reason. And every single year, there's a Cinderella, there's a Goliath that falls, there's a David with a, a slingshot. So why not? You have to believe it could happen. And these young guys don't know any better. Just let them go. Yeah, you uh, you're, you're 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 preaching to the choir here. We can we can talk a long long time about how, um, you know they they should not consider things like super two and and I'll even I, I'll even go into the whole ethics and how it's morally wrong to even do something like that to a person. But um, yeah, well, I, I here I got something for you. <laughs> how many guys make it to two and a half years in the big leagues, anyways? Like. Literally, probably, even super probably stuff. less than half. Yeah, like you're yeah. talking about maybe 10% of all guys that actually makes the big leagues get to two and a half yeah. years and at least get to arbitration. And almost nobody makes it to free agency. You're talking about six years. Six years. I mean, Brian Reynolds is going to hit it at 29, right at 30. I mean, you're signing a 30 year old at a free agency, and that's the reality. Like it's a it's a weird system. So I I truly believe the game shifted completely and they should let these guys go out burn them burn them as much as they want to go but try to keep that candle lit and just try to build something where they want to stay i mean cleveland did that with ramirez their third baseman he took 70 i think 70 million less than what his analytics showed and he said i like it here i'm comfortable and i don't need any more money because at a certain point i mean these guys are getting paid 250 300 million dollars they don't need more money they they want to have a family. They want to raise their kids. They want a no trade clause. They want all that security that doesn't put extra stress on them when they're on the field. And if they do that here, I think great things would happen because that's what Pittsburgh is and what it represents. I think you kind of see the same thing too with, uh, with Atlanta recently, like Atlanta has not been shy on promoting their young players when they're ready. Um, and, and rewarding those young players and those players are then reciprocating it with them. And, like Atlanta's got quite a quite a few team friendly deals there, where at the same time, yeah, they're still getting paid a lot of money, but they didn't have to sign those deals, and they probably could have made more money, you know, waiting it out. But you know, because of because of the team and the culture that Atlanta's built around them, and you know, surrounding them with this environment and and getting them to the majors as fast as they can, you know, you've you've just kind of built that whole culture where they want to stick around. And so, yeah, I mean, I think ideally that's where we all want the Pirates to be. Yeah, it's the way life should be. If you, if you believe in somebody, 
I remember Daniel Bard, I was having a conversation with him and he brought up the like comment that a lot of people says, like people kept asking me, why did I sign with Colorado? I mean, I went, became a sports psychologist. I couldn't throw anything near the ocean. And here I am signing Colorado where you get annihilated. So his comment was, I didn't even know. I just felt wanted and I didn't think about anything else because I hadn't felt wanted in a long time. And that's the way those guys would feel if they get signed. That's what Kutch felt when he signed and he had his best year in 2012, in my opinion. I know he's a MVP in 13, but it was the year after he hit 252. You know, and I think that's a, a statement saying, we want you, we believe in you, and we believe this will make you better. I think it was 259. What's that? I think it was 259. Wow. Thanks, Rain Man. It was 259. He, he is that. Well, I'm telling you, this <laughs> he is. It's weird. He, he also, yeah. he also <laughs> by the way, he hit 327 the next year. Whoops. What do you hit his MVP here? Uh, 314. Yeah, so 317. Year, right? 317. 314 was 2014. Yeah. And then 292. See, I'm yep. done. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Can you do pie? Can you do pie? How far? Uh, no. 3.1459. Nah, 3.1415. 1.5. Okay. I don't yeah. remember. Man, look at you. I just look up yeah. fangrass. I don't know. It's been a while. <laughs> I just work on counting. Jeez Louise. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. But I, I do want to ask you something too, because you talk about culture, and that's something we've been like hitting on, I feel like, year after year. Mm-hmm. And the Pirates, and again, they've done something this offseason, which is I feel like they probably should have done last offseason, but whatever. They did this something this offseason. They brought in a lot of veterans, a lot of vets, right? And you're talking to guys, a lot of winning behind them, you know, multi-year playoff. You know, and that's something we wanted to do. So we thought, like, let's bring on someone who has like multiple years of like playoff experience. Uh, Neil Walker hasn't gotten back to us yet, so but we have you on. Um, so like maybe you could tell us. <laughs> I saw that. Too. I heard that. I heard that. So maybe you could tell us, like, what does it mean for this group? Now, in all honesty, like you went through this transition. You were part of the Pirates team and this growth, this rebuild, right? You got there. You got to the playoffs. So like, what does a Troy mean? What does Santana, Rich Hill, the guy you want to talk about now, Andrew McCutcheon, Austin Hedges, like what are these guys going to do for this clubhouse? And like, how important is this leadership? I, I'll be honest. I don't know if I've seen a better fit of veteran guys in a long time. Um, and, and why I say that is Rich Hill, we'll start with him. Older guy. He went through the ringer. I played with him in 2011 in Boston in Pawtucket. He was a sidearm pitcher trying to resurrect his career after being a super prospect. This guy went through everything, shoulder, knee, hip, and he came back and he's been unbelievable over the last nine years. And he's still going to be good this year because he has two elite qualities with his spin and his fastball and all the deception. But he's also a student in the game. He loves the game. He's going to continue to grow in it. And he wants to pour into Anyone that's willing to listen, he's he's like a hulky Charlie Morton is the best way to put it because he's he's got that Boston in him. Like he could you know just start a fight any minute on the field, which I love. I would be in the bunker with him anytime. And then you look at Santana, a guy also came up playing against. This guy is gonna take off around these young guys. You know he's not gonna have all the pressure of that trade going to Seattle. His numbers fell off. 
but he can hit and he can control his at bats. He's going to be very similar to uh, Vogi, in my opinion, probably a little bit more power depending on how many at bats, but he also plays a good first base. And then I, I think uh, Chu Chu train could be a lot of fun. I mean, I think he's the guy that you're bringing in to, you know, let these young guys kind of let their hair down. You know, when Neil Huntington was here, we had a lot of kind of the drilled sar- sergeant mentality. That works for some guys. It doesn't for others. I feel like this regime is saying, hey, be who you are, and we're going to bring in an array of different guys, as you can see. And then you go to Hedges, obviously one of the best catchers in baseball, but he wants to be better, and he wants to make everybody around him. I didn't – I'll be honest. I did not see him being as good – with his pitching staff as he is, he was a guy that could hit. He was really athletic. I thought he was going to be a guy that just kind of took off with maybe his bat too, but it didn't happen. But he looked at his numbers. He fixed his analytics when it came to receiving. He blocks well. He does everything well, and it's going to be a huge upgrade from last year. No no knock to those guys. It's the hardest position by far. But the reality of it is like $5 million that paid him because he can come in and pour into these young pitchers. He can give information back to Oscar in the analytical department like like you wouldn't believe because he's been around uh, winning teams constantly and he's been around the block, played for different teams, and he's a student of the game. And then, obviously, lastly, you, you look at Kutch, man. I mean, that's just special. I think that was icing on the cake. And I, I would assume don't expect them to be done. If there's an opportunity to get a reliever, I would expect them to go out and get some veteran reliever, maybe in a trade or something else, if they can. Or maybe an A.J. Burnett deal would be awesome. But they can, you know, maybe do something where someone just wants to dump the salary at some point. I, I think that would be great for them too. The other part about those veterans. Man. I'm excited. It's going to be really different. The other part about those veterans is all of them really have had a lot of success with small mm-hmm. market teams and winning. Good really, aside, Rich Hill's been a little bit of everywhere, but he had success with the A's. Kutch, obviously. Choi's been in small markets. Santana came up with the Indians at the time. He's been everywhere. Hedges was just with the Indians. He's been everywhere. A lot of guys in those small markets that it's a different atmosphere. Well, and go back to Santana. Um, I, I know him pretty good, and he's going to be able to really impact O'Neill Cruz because Santana was a hyped-up Super hyped up prospect. Uh, he he couldn't catch that well, but he could flat out hit. So he ended up, you know, getting out from behind the plate. But that's what made him kind of be on everyone's radar. I mean, he was the next coming when it came to hitting. I mean, he was at like 340 in high A where we played against each other and ended up, I think, in the big leagues within a year. And that's great because O'Neill Cruz, I'm not worried about him in any capacity other than how is he going to deal with the success that could potentially come and come in waves that are unimaginable because guys got freak ability and it's not the failure you worry about. It's the success and how he's going to handle it. And Santana can kind of help him navigate it because Santana's low key. He's simple man, a few words and he just gets his work done. The other part of that is that he can pick a ball at first base, which is something O'Neill Cruz really could use every now and then. Cause the pirates didn't have much of that aside from Chavis last year. So let me let me let me tell you something that that I think about O'Neill Cruz and why our game's a little bit messed up. So I wish O'Neill Cruz best place he could be is in left field, but it's not the best place for him and his career and his opportunity to rake in a lot of dough because he could be the literally the the shortstop that 
was created by PlayStation gods. I mean, that's the reality. He, he's a special being at shortstop, and he gets paid at a premium position. But I'm going to make an argument with you. When Marte was here, he was the second best left fielder in all baseball to Alex Gordon. Alex Gordon was a $150 million player or something based on his analytics and how good he was in the outfield. Corey Dickerson became a gold glover in left field here. You put O'Neill Cruz, Marte as well, you, you put him out there, he's going to cover the ground, he's going to be able to make the throws, he's going to do special things, and we have one of the biggest left fields in all of baseball. So you put him out there, I think he's a gold glover year in, year out, year in, year out, even if he's not that good in the outfield because he'll make plays that no one else can make, period. And that, that's my opinion. And then our new shortstop would be Key Brian Hayes because he signed. Hey. I love it. I love it. I love it. And the that he he missed the boat. His agent should have said, "Bro, if you would move to shortstop, that eighty million probably one hundred forty million." So beg to do it. I mean, that's what Brian Reynolds did. As soon as he moved to center field, he became a top five player at his position. Mm -hmm. That's that's just smart business move right there. So I hope that O'Neill Cruz would be willing to do that. It, it would make his career longer. There's a lot of good things to it, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, but not many shortstops hit a ball 120 miles an hour. So, yeah, not many left fielders do either, brother. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> shortstop. Yeah, but okay, but Key Brian Hayes would be a better defensive shortstop. I I do actually agree with you. And then I've you been have on the best minor league third baseman defensively. So here we go, right? Like now we have the best side of that infield in all of not some of baseball, all of baseball. No, I'm with you. I've I've been on the train that Brian Hayes should probably. Get a little shot at short for a couple of years now. He's been playing short for the last couple of years with the shift. So why not? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, we've been talking about that for a while. I feel like, like Good. we just brought it up. Guys, like I knew it. I knew it. I couldn't remember if we talked about it before, but I knew yeah. you guys because you guys see the game in in a different like way, and a lot of people don't like to look at it. You know, at every single angle, and I love doing that. And also look at it as like, all right, well, I get why a guy doesn't want to go to left field because if he has success at shortstop, I mean, he's going to get paid. Like, I mean, I can't imagine by the time he gets free agency, if we keep growing because we saw the money thrown around. I mean, what Korea got offered almost a billion dollars that got taken away. <laughs> I mean, it's just wild. Yeah, overall $1 billion. He got offered like, it was like 28 years, one, like <laughs> $900 million. <laughs> oh, so crazy. That's wild, right? I've never heard of anything like that, God. not even in rumors. Like, it has to be something more than his ankle. has to be. Well, what's wild is, you know, just try try think of it from, like, the, the lens of a Giants fan. So, like, this the offseason for Giants. Little Giants so far, after that, bro. Like, yeah, but, like, first off, you thought you were signing Arson Judge. You thought, you know, it was, like, for, like, 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, the, and then it turns out you're not getting Judge. And then you're like, all right, well, at least we got Carlos Correa. No, turns out that's not happening either. So rough offseason for the Giants. Yeah, yeah, rough, rough. And then Belt goes and signs with the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm sure that was a kick in the gut. Yeah. Mm. Is Crawford yeah. still out there? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm sure they made him feel really welcomed when they were trying to go after all the shortstops. Like, gold oh, no, Crawford. He's been okay. a gold glove contestant almost every single year of his career. It's like, hey, we're going to go get the best shortstop available. So um, you're going to have to move third base. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. 
which is crazy because Crawford's been a really good shortstop like throughout yeah. his entire career. Yeah. Yeah, and he hits eighteen to twenty-five homers every year. I mean, yeah, he's he's a, he's a good 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 player. Yeah. We got a question for you. This comes in the chat. Maybe I ask you for it. So, Gabe wants to know: Can O'Neill Cruz become the next McCutcheon in terms of star power for the Pirates? Uh, yep, yep. But he's he's different because he's already getting national recognition, and that's why mm. I said like bringing Andrew back, you know, bringing Santana back. You're giving O'Neill a chance to say, "How did you do this? What do I need to do?" Like Kutch has a management team. He has. A, a full business that he runs as Andrew McCutcheon. And that's what you have to understand is like, now you're becoming a brand. Don't wear that on yourself. Don't do things that you shouldn't. Here's how you deal with the media. Here's how you deal with fans. Here's how you make sure to balance it. So he's going to get a lot of that because the national pub that he's getting is just unreal. I mean, they love him on MLB network because of StatCast. I mean, that's one of their biggest sponsors Dude breaks Statcast every other day, so like, oh, O'Neill Cruz Statcast powered by Google, and boom, he's up there again. So guys are gonna continually flock to him, and you know the way media works, man. They 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 want to hold on to that that superstar player until the story over and over and over again, and he's just got to take that deep breath and and figure out how to deal with it in his own way. Everybody deals with it differently. That is a good point about Cruz. I feel like. Uh... You know, we the Pirates have had some some pretty talented players, you know, come up throughout the minors. I mean, just thinking, I remember Polanco's debut being a pretty big deal, Garrett Cole's debut being a big deal, uh, McCutcheon's debut being a big deal, but none of them have gotten, none of them got anywhere near the amount of press that uh, that O'Neill Cruz had, you know, in his first his first like week in the majors. Everybody was like, "What this this guy's a freak." So uh, it's Definitely a different, definitely different animal as opposed to the the previous top talents that we've seen. I would say hybrid, hybrid animal, hybrid. like a liger type thing. <laughs> yeah, um, different breed, different breed. Yeah, a breed that should stick to shortstop. <laughs> okay, 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 <laughs> okay, okay. For now, now I'm 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 with you there though too. I think um I think as long as I think you play him at shortstop as long as he like allows you to I, I'm fine play him at shortstop. Yeah. I'm just I'm saying when you look at the team and if it really was just about hey, we want to win every game and it wasn't about all the other ins and outs. I mean, the reality of it is as an MLB guy and a player, I want him to stay at shortstop because like it's his best opportunity to take care of his family for the rest of his life and it's a lot more fun to watch. But the best shortstops keep Ryan Hayes. We need a left fielder that can cover all that ground. I think Swinsky would be great, but like, here we go. Like, why not? Because that guy could be maybe the best left fielder that's ever played at PNC, period. And when gold glove after gold glove after gold glove, if you can convince him of that and he wants to do it, why not? He may be able to play extra years, DH some. I don't know. Just yeah. a thought. Just a I thought. Mean, I like there's. I, I do actually really agree with you. I think there is something really to hey, be said. You can't said, change though. now, Rain Man. You got to oh. hold the ground. No, I flip flop. It's what I do. <laughs> oh, okay. You're like a rainbow. Yeah. The, the sandals flip flop. <laughs> but I do agree that he probably, I don't think he sticks to shortstop for long. 
I didn't think he'd ever really play much major league shortstop. But I'm at the point now where I think the bat developing is way more important than anything. So I'd prefer not to have to teach him a new position right now. Love it. That's a that's a good enough reason for me. And two, like it it works for now. But when the time comes, like give him give him a bunch of money and say, Hey man, I know you want to be here, but we're gonna sign you early. We're gonna give you extra money. Will you go to left field? And he's like, Yeah, I was like, Cool. And that, so that's when like cool things will happen. You know, like when so you're saying up. like actually have a conversation with him and tell him you're moving him off his position instead of just moving him to right field for fun. Um, yeah, that was a terrible move by the front office. And when I heard that, I was absolutely mind blown. Because um, like when, when we were talking about it, he was like, what do you think? I was like, you just got to talk to him about it. You don't want to do it. Like, so tell him, tell him why. And say for those who don't know, we're talking about McCutcheon being moved to yeah, right field. And hey, also they did that with the batting order. And it, it, it messed his rhythm up because he had a routine coming off the field and he was hitting behind Jaso, who, you know, would either, you know, have an eight pitch at bat or swing at the first pitch. So he had really no bearing of understand from running in, grabbing his helmet, getting his routine in and walking out and doing his thing. So it changed everything. And he didn't get to think about that prior to actually having to do it, which I think is terrible. You know, like, Hey, you're a best player. What do you think? Do you like this? And, uh, sure. And anyways, the biggest problem there is they moved the best outfielder to the smallest place in the park in center field. They moved Marte over and then cuts to right or, and it just made no sense to me. It's like, leave Marte there, find someone else or teach McCutcheon how to play better positioning for his ability. And that's all they needed to do. That's what they did with Corey Dickerson. They just didn't do it with him, which still drives me insane. Yeah, I, I mean, I was a big proponent for cut yeah, second. That's a soft for me. Like, just just be human beings, man. Like, talk to these guys. You know, they they, they want to know. They want to better their career. Most guys actually want to be good teammates if you allow them to be. But just go talk to them. And they just didn't do that uh, in some big situations. Do you think that's a big difference between the two regimes? Just with Charrington and them. Again, that's getting to like I was a huge proponent of cut batting second. I thought it made a whole lot of sense, but right, you want to yeah. communicate to your star player, the face of your franchise, these moves. Um, so do you mm-hmm. think that's a, a thing that they're doing with this new regime? I, I do. I, I actually know for a fact of this. Um, and I think if as a group we ask tougher questions, uh, and I'm speaking on on the media side and everything else, like I think they'd be willing to share. You know, they've been really open about different things. We just don't ask the tough questions that we used to ask. Um, Pirates were like kind of tough. They wanted to win. They're they're rugged, but now it's kind of more behind the scenes. I wish like the the fans got an opportunity to hear really tough questions again, because then they would really understand, okay, I kind of see what's happening here. They they have a really good game plan here, but they just don't do that. That's the only thing I, I would say. I wish they did more. It's not the front office's fault. It's, you know, really the people that need to ask the questions um, whether it's newspaper or TV, we just need to do a better job of saying, hey, why is this happening? What are you doing here? Why is the, the process a little slower than we thought or a little faster than we thought? Just It's not asked very often. I wish it would be. All right, Fort, you just got to drag them on this podcast and we'll ask. I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> All right. So what you're saying is that Pirates Fest needs to come back. Yes, I, I don't. I can't. I go. moved here and I was like, "There's no Pirates Fest." Like, what happened? Yeah, and what then I saw uh, 
I saw, uh, what is it? Tucker Barnhart getting introduced. Like he's an MMA fighter. And I'm like, why is this not happening? Like, this is awesome. And yeah, like that should happen. Like it should be hyped up and like, and also we need a cannon in the outfield for every Homer. We need a pirate ship in right field. We just need to go all in full marketing, full winning. Let's just do it all. Just my personal opinion. Yeah. I'm all for the pirate ship. The cannon sounds awesome. Yeah, I like all that stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm good with it all. Yeah, and I want the bridge to light up on homers or something. Something cool. What if we had, like, fireworks coming off the top of the bridge? I love it. I love it. There we go. I love it. I'm sorry, a little bit off topic, but you, you're the one that brought it up for it, so it's your fault. But, like, I'm still, like, hung up on Pirates Fest now because I just thought it was a huge failure. I didn't failure. bring it up. Rayman brought it up. <laughs> no, 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 no. You, you – <laughs> I just, Whoever I did. just, nah, Tyler I brought just it up. I did bring it up. He That's alluded right. it was to Tyler. it. But Rain Man, my God, don't lie. did they it's miss out? On this. You asked people. Could you to ask imagine they, they had a Pirates Fest, Fest this year? Say that again. No, saying. Could you imagine like they had a Pirates Fest? Maybe it was delayed a little bit, and Kutch, like Kutch, comes back for Pirates Fest. Like That's what an announcement you missed that out on. That would have been sick. That Dude, would have been awesome. I would. I promise you, if they would have done that, I would have given him the WWE entrance, smoke. Oh yeah, all of it. Nobody would know what was coming because it would just come right in the middle of something, and just like, what's happening? Lights go out, and just like smoke. like the Undertaker. Yeah, he's just like exactly like on. Seriously, <laughs> maybe even bring him out of a coffin like Lazarus. Like it would have been <laughs> awesome. What if that was so, the announcement? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. How cool of an announcement, like. What? Who's that? That's Kutch. Kutch is back. Uh, so sick, man. That would have been awesome. That would have been awesome. Yeah. See, well, we should just uh, we should just we run. Missed that boat. We should. Just, all of us should just run the team. Uh, At least the PR, the PR portion. Yeah, we 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 can consult with the team. I don't know if I'd want to run the team. No, I want to run it. Tyler oh, can run the team. Yeah, you can run it. Yeah. Perfect. You can run it. Andrew McCutcheon gets a $100 million five-year contract. <laughs> Done. I would sign him to a life contract. That's my argument. <laughs> and then I've we'll have... Saying that for and, years. And then if he retires, we'll just put him on a post-game show with Fort. He he's li- he lives here, right? Yeah, have him as a just, special yeah. assistant in, in spring training. Let him do some broadcasts. Let him do some... Whatever he wants. And just have king, him here. Just, king. Just appoint him king of the Pirates. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's Andrew McCutcheon. Yeah. Let him do whatever he wants. Yeah, Plus, he it. got us Brian Reynolds, too. That just adds more to him. That's true. That's true. So, just why don't we segue this into Brian Reynolds? Because we haven't really talked about that yet. It's kind of interesting because, like, all these moves that we've made are kind of have made this team look interesting. <laughs> Hold on. The daughter's face right now is just like, I am so tired of talking about Brian Reynolds. We, uh, do not talk about I was waiting for but... this. So, I want to hear what you guys, like, legitimately think because I couldn't believe that he actually, like, he didn't say it. His agent said it. Um, but, like, I could, I would have bet my life that it was the team. You know, just throw out a feeler. Like, they, they, there's teams, there's agents. Everybody throws out false rumors to see kind of what would happen. But, like, legitimately, I, I believe from my resources that, you know, his 
his people did it. And I want to hear what you guys think and what's going on. And there's a 50 to $60 million gap. And with Nemo, it's probably even more than that now. Pay the well, if you want to know what I think, I think um, if the offer that was floated out there by, I think it was John Heyman, six years, $76 million is true, then he should have asked for a trade. That's that's an embarrassingly low offer compared to you know what his market value is. Um, I think they should just meet somewhere in the middle. I don't think you need to necessarily give them like a Matt Olson deal, but I think if you said, hey, you know what, Brian Reynolds will give you eight years, one hundred and twenty million dollars, he signs that ten out of ten times. Um, now you can say, okay, do you want to give him eight years? But like that's what you have to do nowadays to be competitive. If you want, like we saw it all off season, like players are getting a lot of years, and it's just what you got to do. If you want good players, you've got to pay them, and you've got to give them the years that they want. Otherwise, someone else is going to give them them those years. So I don't blame Brian Reynolds. He's in that weird age, like you mentioned. Like he's going to hit free agency at this weird 30, 31 age where like his time to cash in on a big deal is right now. Um, so I don't blame him for taking any tactics that he, that he wants. I don't blame him for, for saying, you know, if you're not going to give it to me, trade me out of here. The pirates have pretty much wasted his entire first four years of his career, giving him nothing around him. Um, I, I like what they're doing this off season, right? Like we're making good steps, but but it should have been last offseason. Again, yeah, my argument. Yeah, again. Oh, so this should, this should have been last offseason, though. He's at a more content place this year, also. I completely agree. I, they should have signed him yeah. to a deal last year like they did Cutch. Yeah. Like as soon yeah. as possible. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. So I'm asking where I'm I'll at. I'll go further with you. Why, in your guys' opinion, because I can't fathom why this doesn't happen, why not sign him? So they have a number. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's 100 million. Is is Bob Nutting's max, right? Every every year he's willing to go to a certain number. I'm sure he's a business guy, right? So let's say it is 100 million or like 95, whatever the, the cap is. Why not incentivize every single guy, give them the extra years and say, hey, if you hit these numbers, that 12 million be 19, that 12 million be 22. And that way they get the years. And if they produce a guy like Brian Reynolds, like that'll fire him up. So, yeah, sign him for 76, but it could be 180, 150 if he does the things he does, because then it's a win win. And you're saying, yeah, prove the point. I'll give you the more, I'll give you more years, a little bit more money, and you could make even more than it's a win for Bob Nutting because he gets playoff baseball. If Brian Reynolds has mm-hmm. put up huge numbers, and I've always argued that, I've always argued that the, the fact that, like, get creative in the way you pay guys. It can't be the same way as the Yankees. Like you're not going to give $315 million to anyone and have that locked on your, you know, cap for so long. So you just got to look at it different. It's like, how can we do this? Well, we're not spending the money now. And they did with Key Bryan and Reynolds last year. They threw out some money. Do it again. Like give them $12 million this year and just say, hey, we believe in you. We, we think it's going to happen. And maybe that puts them to $100 million, and then give an extra year. Give them uh, opt-outs. Whatever they have to do, that's what they should do. Mm-hmm. Just very creative. But so now I, I think they should trade him, personally. I, yeah, I don't want to trade him, but I think the problem I don't, with – I don't uh, either, but 
I remember what happened with Kutch. When all this when all this happened, he got traded, they pulled him back. It 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 does something. Like he's gonna walk in that clubhouse and he's lucky that there's some veteran guys there that like he's been everywhere. And that, that's not a good feeling, like as a team, and that sets a precedence, right? If they get a deal, a great deal, trade him, they win, and they make everyone there know, like, hey, like, we want to change this. We're not the same. Like, or go out and sign him. Get it done. What's the thing? If if you – Only thing they have. Like, just letting them linger, I don't believe that's the right call. If they do – I agree. I think it's bad for everybody because it's going to happen again and again and again. To a guy that's done nothing but produce on a team that does nothing but lose. Yeah. Yeah, and he takes care – like, he's the guy you signed for a long-term deal. He'll he'll literally play with broken toes and everything else, especially if he has that guarantee behind him. Which is why I probably don't think he'd take that incentives contract because the guarantee's not there. Like the problem with the incentives, and I like the idea, but you'd have to get creative. Like I know he can just go get Mm -hmm. 150 from some other team because they're going to pay him that. And he's thing, I mean, you, and, and, you and trade him to the Yankees. It three years? It's three well, no, years. I mean, like you trade him to the Yankees, and then the Yankees open up extension talks, and the Yankees give him eight years, hundred and thirty million dollars. Right, and that's why his value is so high now. But right. in three years, like he could, like the reality of it is, like when cut before cuts tore his ACL, I mean, he was he was a better better defender. So like. Anything could happen at any given moment. I mean, I I had two season-ending surgeries, and it took me out of the game for a little while. And that's what you have to think about too. Is like as a player having those years. I don't care how good you are, like you're always taking a gamble. You know, look at uh Conforto. Oh yeah, but he's younger, right? And that 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 means something. Played a huge market. You know, Brian Reynolds. I think would love to stay in a small market and be the dude instead of going to the Yankees because he's not good with the media. He doesn't like talking to him, and he's going to get bombarded. So if it doesn't go well, he's going to get – like I'm, I'm telling you right now, I've seen guys – it gets yeah. overwhelming. I mean, Boston, I was just on the roster, and we had 25 people at every AAA game asking me questions about Salty and Veritek. They weren't playing well, and it was like every – I'm like, dude, Salty was a super prospect, and – you're talking about Veritech? Like, I have nothing to say. Those guys are awesome to me. Like, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I'm a little bit more talkative, outgoing, and that—that's what you have to think. It's not easy. You look at Chase Headley as a great example when he went to the Yankees. I mean, like Joey and, Gallo this past offseason, he just couldn't deal with that either. I mean, yeah, I just, I, I maybe it's not even just the synapses. It's just talking to him differently. You know, like sharing the entire plan, the entire vision, and saying, hey, let's do this. And then keep Ryan being in the meeting, Kutch being in the meeting, like whatever it takes, Neil Walker being in the meeting. Right. It, it doesn't matter what it takes. Just make it like a, a point that like, hey, we're going to change the way this is now. Like I'll say this, you know, I mean, the Brian Hayes extension was very team friendly, I feel like, to begin with. But – what really stood out was the fact that they did front load it. I mean, the guy made like $10 million right off the bat. But what that did is set up the most he'll make when this team is hopefully truly like in contention is $8 million. And like that's from a guy who is giving you three, three war, like as a floor. And we saw this like, year. At, the bat's at, not there. at minimum. Yeah. 
Yeah. So like we see his floor is three war just by defense, you know? So like if he does produce as a bat, he's giving even more. That's $8 million. Like that's the thing about, that's what drives me crazy. That extension right there is what sets you up to go ahead and pay a guy like Brian Reynolds, who right now is the face of your franchise, you know, like you, you did this deal with Cabrian. So that way you could afford and make these type of deals with Reynolds. And again, you're still at a, a point where this payroll is not embarrassingly low. It's embarrassing. You know, what's, it, what's it at now? What's it at now? Ethan's Ethan. on the chat. <laughs> Ethan, tell us 72 million. I think. Here, I, I can pull up Ethan's little spreadsheet. But it's like, here's another opportunity. It's still this low. Why don't you front load Reynolds a little bit so that way you're not in the $20 million range when he's at those years. Maybe it's sitting more around 17, 16. It's easier to swallow. But still, that's not that's not a whole lot of money in today's game either for your star player. $16 million, like that's what you're afraid of? Hey, Hedges got $5 million. Andrew McCutcheon got $5 million. So the game's different, man. Like, it, Kutch took less money. He was projected to get eight. But, like, Hedges, I mean, think about 2015, same guy. Yeah. Yeah. But he's fighting for a roster spot, right? Analytics have changed the game, man. Like, and that's the reality is, like, you can look at it and say, nobody is ever going to be able to pay Bryce Harper money. Like, his value just gets – it seems like every year he's worth $32 million when it's all said and done whether it's bad defense or not. And that's, that's the reality. It's like, if you believe in the guy and you're like, this is our dude, like you, there's no amount of money that you could give him that could possibly, you know, hurt you, you know, because the guy's going to show up every day. He's going to work his tail off. The only negative I've ever heard about him is he hits too much. There's Ethan. Yeah. I mean, 72.5 is the current 72.6. Right now, why we need a hundred million dollar floor? And well, so I mean, you mentioned creativity, like getting creative, right? And and they got creative with Hayes' deal, and the fact that this payroll is where it's at right now, seventy two point five million. They're one of what three teams in baseball with a payroll under a hundred million dollars. Um, you know, you've got teams like the Marlins and the Rays hovering around one twenty, one thirty. If we want to get creative, front load a Brian Reynolds deal, like give him an eight year deal, but pay him all his money right now. This payroll, thirty million dollars. You, you give Brian Reynolds twenty five million dollars right now. The payroll's still eighty seven million dollars. Like what? Like that's that's what you got to do. Like I said, I mean, so like you said, Fort, like just get creative, and, and like they have the flexibility to be creative with it. Now, if they can't figure out a, an extension with them, I'm with you. Like I think a trade is is then the next route when you're just looking at okay years window where are we going to be at um but i think you know and the ideals it's got to be yeah you can't just settle right like you it's got the marlins fishing right now throwing out their like guys like fish so yeah like hey we have the best staff in all of baseball possibly do you want four of them like and they've wanted brian reynolds for a long time mm-hmm. cleveland's got an unreal bullpen they could use him there's a lot of teams out there that have really good players, but they also have really good minor leaguers, and they want to dump some pay now. So, like, you look at it. Like, L.A. would have been a, a good choice. Like, there's a lot of teams that are trying to, like, stay under that that cap so they can reset their taxes. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 was, it was an opportunity missed last year. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% with you guys. 
to, to either lock him yeah. up or, or get him, like, trade him, especially so, the way that they went about it this past year. Yeah, so I think that's kind of where I'm at. I would, I would much rather just, hey, lock him up, give him the money now, while we have like we have a, a, a big core of this team is still pre-arbitration, like or they're in their you know very early stages of arbitration. This payroll is should be growing here over the next five years or so. Go ahead and give them his money now before before you got to pay O'Neill Cruz, before you got to start paying Henry Davis because you know he's another guy who you know they're going to want to lock up. Andy Rodriguez, like they're going to have to pay all these guys, so you might as well. Like just get it, get the money over with now. <laughs> like while it's there, owners just got how much a lump sum money for a, like a Bam Tech deal. Like they just this off season, I think they just got a million, got a lump sum just cash money. Like let's let's go ahead, let's use it, let's use it right now. Not to mention they probably just made like half their money back on signing McCutcheon for ticket sales. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> and everything else involved. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Another great deal that they could do, and I'm going to kind of rock the boat a little, is go get Trevor Bauer. You want to make waves? Let's rock the boat there. Yeah, let's rock the boat. Well, he's, he, he wasn't convicted. He's been a very good boy over the last two years. Like, and we've seen what's happened in other sports. We've seen what's happened in this game. And I believe I'm, – I'm a Christian man. I believe in forgiveness. I was saved by grace. Without even it is – this guy wants to win, and he's the smartest pitcher on the mound every single night he's out there. I watch his bullpens on Instagram. I listen to everything he says because the guy understands the game in a way that most people can't even fathom, and I can't imagine how good he's going to be this year. Seeing his new changeup, some of the pitch design he's been doing in the offseason, go get him. Like, Don't even hesitate. Like, Go get the guy because he's going to make the organization better. Like The Reds pitching in minor leagues and everything else – they, they all got better when he was there, and he was obviously really good while he was there. But don't let the Reds go out and get him because they know, hey, this guy is probably going to be completely like absent the rest of his baseball career because that's the type of personality he has. Like He's not even going to like think about girls. He's not going to let himself get in any trouble because he's a dude that's a man on a mission. He wants to play until he's 45. So make sure you have all your stipulations in the contract and whatever you need to do, but – He's the best pitcher available right now, and he's seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and he's paid two hundred what games, and forty million dollars for a non-conviction and lawyer fees that he had to pay himself, and an arbitrator. Wow, Manfred, uh, I, like I'm man, not going to get into the lawsuits out of it. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's the fact that like he deserves to be in the game. He should be playing. So it's I just talking because so we haven't really brought this annoying. up. But I'll put it this way. So the Dodgers felt it was best to pay him to not be there, right? Because the clubhouse. So let me ask you this too, because we talked about the clubhouse. But then he took his money away, right? Like when, when, nah, I mean, he's getting paid this year. Well, after the prorated yeah. loss, instead of $40 million, he's getting 22. Um, and I think yeah, he'll get that back in, in a lawsuit, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But like the reality of it is, is like I talked to some buddies that are lawyers and everything else. Like it, it really was a vendetta. When, when you when you all look at it, because like, and I'm not saying who, what, when, where. I'm not advocating for him at all. I'm just saying like, if you're going to be that harsh on him, you have to be that harsh on everybody. You have to set a standard or don't, right? Like 
Miguel Azuna was playing playing in the playoffs. Like DUI, like you just have to have a standard. It can't just be like, oh, well, I'm going to hire our arbitrator and say, well, you're going to have the longest ever, you know, time away from baseball. And then it's just not the way it should work. Same thing with the baseballs they've done, the new rules, like just have a good conversation and be open about everything you're doing. And if you're not like, then it doesn't make any sense. If you want to really make the fan base grow. And that's why I think they're making more money than you could ever imagine. Cause they're not thinking about the fans as much as you would think they would. So that's me being honest. I don't get to say all that all the time. Yeah. On, no, on no. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's reality. a conversation worth having. Yeah. Um, I think, um, you know, you bring up Ozuna. I guess that's kind of just like where my line is. Like Ozuna, no. I'm still G1 Bay. No. Yeah. Like listen, I, I am with you. That's where I was going was G1 so, Bay. I mean, it's it's already like I don't like G1 Bay being on this team. And so um and and I know that's a little bit different because he actually was like charged with stuff, but <sighs> No, but, no, I just yeah, I, I can't do it. Can't you do have it. to say this. You have to say this. He was young, and what's happened since? Any problems? Anything else? And like you have to think that there is redemption, always with people. I, I believe that with any human being, and I'll meet anybody where they're at. I don't care what they've done. I'll say, hey man, I don't know your life. I don't know your reality. Mm-hmm. I want to hear about it, and I want to try to pour some love and light into you the best I can. And I think that sets a precedence. I always think about uh, Nick Saban. He says, where else are these guys going to go? If you just keep kicking them out, throwing them away, and the reality of it is most of them go get on drugs and end up being worse instead of actually loving on them, whatever. I think with Bay, I don't know his story, and I don't know if he's been a multi-offender or anything else, but like, if he's paid his dues and you, and you actually see some like movement in the right direction and you show this person grace and you give them opportunity – maybe with a short leash, I, I think you build back the character that maybe they never got put into them because we don't know their story. You know, he could have gotten – had a, a lot of issues. Maybe that's what he saw as a kid. Who knows? I just try not to, like, judge anything and just look at it and say, well, this is right here. I'd have to know him to make any real opinion. But, like, somebody please tell me what's going on, if that makes sense. You know, like, because there's always more to it, like, always. So let me add this. So again, I guess it's kind of where I'm going with this too, right? The, the clubhouse stuff. You know, we we're talking about like they brought in all these vets. You have this clubhouse thing going. Does Bauer mix that up? You know, that's that's one thing. I'm going to take all this other stuff out, right? Yeah. Because no I'll say this thing. Before any of this stuff happened, I was actually a huge Bauer fan. I know he me was too. polarizing before but... that. I thought Bauer was great for the game. Me too. But Right Agreed. now, him coming in here, does he become the distraction? You know, now everyone's talking about Bauer and not the kids, not the team, not Andrew McCutcheon anymore. You know, it's it's now Trevor Bauer. Like, that's a lot of my worry comes to as well. Is like, what does what value him coming? He's a great, hell of a pitcher. Like, I give you that. It's only seven hundred thousand dollars. Give you that, right? But as you're trying to build culture, as we keep talking mm-hmm. about, mm-hmm. does a Bauer take away from that? How does adding him to this clubhouse maybe deter what you're trying to build? So I brought that all up because I've had the same reaction is I would just bring it to life. I would never sign him. It's not the right time. 
there's no point, but I would bring it to attention to see what the city did, what the clubhouse did. And I would bring them in for an interview because I believe with all my heart, anytime you can bring anyone in, especially like that's been through the ringer in any way, like whether they've like done something bad, whether they've done something good, whether they've just had bad luck. Like I did all night tonight with my tech. I think learning from that and seeing where he's at and saying, Hey man, like we're not ready yet, but maybe we'd be willing to go big when the time's right. I think they should be doing that with every person they possibly can. And if they are, they should yell it to the rooftops. And that's where I, I come in is you don't know until you have a fan reaction and until you understand that human being. So just bring him in. Same thing with Jiwon Bay. Like my problem with it is, is same thing with the phone thing this year. Make these guys stand out in front of it and talk about it. If they can't do that, then yeah, like you don't, I don't think you deserve to, to, to jump out there and pretend like it never happened. Like own it up, take responsibility, take ownership, and then walk back on that field, do your job really well and show that you can be different than someone else. And then you, you can impact a million people. So that's where I, that my true belief is that I just always try to meet people where they're at, but like, that's what I would do if I was part of it. And if my boss right down below rain, man, let me. Hey, I, I'll be, I'm, I'm with Jim. I have my line. I wouldn't have G1 Bay on this team. Like Jim what said did he earlier. Do? Like, I, I don't know. I don't he, know any, he was any part of his story. Violence. Say what? He was suspended for domestic violence. As a, was that with what the he Pirates? Was the Myers. Yeah. Was, oh, he was with the Pirates? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It was after the, what was it? The Braves had their it the Braves thing. Yeah. So, yeah. But I have my line. Like Jim said earlier, at the end of the day, this is all about entertainment. I don't really, I don't enjoy spending my time rooting for people. I, probably wouldn't enjoy spending time with him in real life. So you're fine to have your opinion on it, obviously. I mean, I understand completely where you're coming from. It's just somewhere I I I prefer not to have yeah, him on, that, on my face. I respect, yeah. I respect mm-hmm. all opinions. The reality of it is like until I sit down with you on Bay and have a long conversation, I really have no opinion. All I know is him as a baseball player. Mm-hmm. I would have never known about that unless you guys told me. Now that you bring it up they talked about it at the office and there was some good debate there too. But like, that's the reality is like, I, I always hope the best for people. I usually get a lot of the worst and I have some disappointment, but I've been that guy too. So I, I just look at it as like, I hope we could be the team that some of the misfits come to and man, they come out and they, they start a big charity. They do something special because that's the only way the world changes anyways. And that's what we should be doing as major league baseball players using our platform properly. And you know, surrounding Bay with the guys they brought in, I, I believe in the the, the growth he's going to have. Um, so that that's the way I look. It's me being really, really positive. Um, but I understand you guys, especially as fans. But there, I'll tell you right now, as, as some of the clubhouses I've been in, some of the worst people are the people in the dark. You know, and that's it never fair. comes to light. You know, like – just remember, like Trevor Bauer's entire life got thrown upside down, and not one other allegation. And that has to make you say, "Well, I need to ask him some questions." But he, no one's asked him questions. Mm-hmm. Nobody's gotten out in front, and he's legally not allowed. I can't wait till he actually does. You know, he's held his tongue because he wants a job. Same thing with Bay. Like I always believe that. Get out in front of it. Be honest. Don't do anything that we do as American media or government. 
you know, be honest and jump out in front of it. And I guess like part two to my thing also is so Bay's within the organization. That's one thing, right? They could change that, of course, but but he's already here, right? But like the thing is too, like I felt like the one thing that stood out with the Pirates for quite some time, you know, especially in sports, is you never hear a whole lot from the Pirates in in regards to like the negative stuff in that sense, right? Players. That kind of changed recently for it. So that's kind of why I'm thinking this too. I mean, I like it. I, I see you, what you're saying. Yeah. You had a DUI incident. You had an underage girl incident. You had Bay. You had the cruise incident, which again, like nothing, like showing not his fault, but like there's, there's been a string of really bad PR things on players. And I, I feel like too, maybe we shouldn't go this route and, and adding another situation. I, I, to I, the agree. Clubhouse. I agree. I guess it's a bigger point because it's been a topic conversation. Some other stuff I've done. And it's yeah. just like, it's such a divide. And I'm like, but there's no reality. And that's all I'm looking for is like, give the reality to it of why, like, Rich Hill's a great human being, but he's in his 40s. And I've heard people are like, this is a great signing. He's over the hill. He sucks. Well, why not just say he has elite spin. He's an incredible human being. And broadcast why, right? Like I watched an interview with him and Alana on uh, Hot Stove. And I'm like, if every Pirate fan was watching this now, they literally would be salivating with excitement. Mm. Because the, what this guy was saying was like, I didn't have the mental capacity to understand what winning was at an elite level in the playoffs. When I realized that, it changed everything for me. I, I went out and I got help. I found somebody that would be honest with me, and they completely tore me apart to build me back up. And, man, you just don't hear that stuff, but it happens. So bringing that in is awesome. Cool, cool, cool. Dude, I like I like you guys. I like when you guys. I mean, we like you too, Ford. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I'm kind of where, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as Tyler, where like as a fan, I I I don't want to root for G1 Bay. I I know would Trevor Bauer make this team better? Absolutely. Don't want to. Don't don't really feel like mixing up all that stuff with 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 my baseball team. Look, I I, I spent 20 years conflicted as a Steelers fan. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's why watched. that's why I'm trying to like bring this to light with all this stuff is like some of the coolest people I've ever met, like Ray Lewis, right? Like, dude is an unbelievable human being. He was convicted almost of murder, and there's a lot of people that still believe he actually murdered someone. Like it's me. That's a reality you look at <laughs> and you say, but look what he's done. Like, I, I don't know. I don't I I've met him in passing. And everything I've ever heard about the man has been extremely positive. Same thing with other guys like Kobe Bryant, great example. Like there's just a lot of guys out there and you don't know the God whole damn story. You got me on that one. Uh, I'm a big Lakers fan. <laughs> big Kobe. Yeah, guy. I mean, somebody tried to destroy his life and whether true, not true, or whatever, I, I, I don't know. But like the dude was an unbelievable human being as he grew up. Unbelievable. So I just, yeah. I always, like I said, Saved by grace. I pray that Jiwan Bay becomes your favorite player and he becomes a saint. But if he doesn't, like, there's really nothing to lose, right? You can hope for the best and expect the worst. But I really just hope for the best and I want to see the best in people, even though people suck most of the time. 
But we all do. That's the reality, right? Now you're leading in our direction. There yeah. we go. People yeah. do suck. Yeah. I say that all the time. I tell my wife, I'm like, hey, yeah. I'm I'm a good person most of the time, but I suck a lot of the time too. Like, this is a reality. No, no. Just other people that's like, suck. That's our us. motto on the show. Yeah. 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 Embrace like, the suck. Yeah, exactly. Embrace your suck. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's you can, you can just be in our group. You can just be in our group chat. It's like the most toxic yeah. group chat ever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I need any more of that. I don't know about that. Yeah. I'm, try, I'm trying to see more of the, the good stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. Uh, just a little peel behind the curtain. Jim had a TikTok that got some views the other day. And Dodardo told him to F off, basically, because he had more views than him. <laughs> good for you, though. Good yeah, there's you. no yeah. love. There's yeah. absolutely no love behind the scenes no. here, like at and all. And Jim went ahead and told him good job on the intro video. And Donardo yeah. said, I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no thank you. I was like, hey, good job. That's like a legit good video. He, he just goes, I'm aware. <laughs> you, make, you make all those videos? They're good. They are really good. Yeah, we all contribute yeah. here. Yeah, we I all do. Now. Yeah, yeah. The, the ones you see are Tyler me and Jim. You know. The ones you don't, that's yeah. Donardo. Yeah. Oh, they get booted? <laughs> yeah. No, they just don't get seen. I got you. That's great. Algorithm doesn't like Donardo <laughs> stuff. Uh, God. Yeah, you have, you have a negative war? <laughs> yeah, I have a negative war. <laughs> I would happily accept the six-year, $76 million deal. <laughs> oh, wouldn't we all? It's cra- the money's crazy Oh, yeah, right I mean, now, in real life, crazy. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, even baseball life, like it, it's hard to think like put yourself in that situation is like you, you're any job, but your dream job, right? You walk in a room, sit down and there's an envelope slipped over and it says $76 million. Like it's got like, no, no, it's just not enough. Like it's just hard. I'll put you this way. Crazy. It's a good feeling. To look oh, at yeah. that and and still be able to say no. <laughs> yeah, and it's not like he has seventy six million dollars, right? You know, like it's like, all right, well, I'm just betting on this, and it, that's what the game's so cool. Like, you got to let it play out. You don't know, right? Right. Yep. That's why I give him one twenty and thirty million this year. That's right. That's right. Is that okay, GM? That's good. That's okay. All right, owner, is that good? <laughs> I'm just Sorry, a Tyler. I don't know. Yeah. Tyler's oh, on the team. Oh, you're the, you're the, the owner. Yeah. You're the, I'm the scout, you all make their scouting reports. Got it. I just pick the talent <laughs> in order to sign the checks. That's good. That's good. And they are not big checks, let me tell you. <laughs> they are not. Well, I've done a bad job getting the talent. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe if you paid your analytics department more. <laughs> Great. Aside from you guys, you guys are literally some of my favorite in, in in Pittsburgh. I haven't been doing many of these, and you guys are great because you, you put yourselves out there, you stick but stick to your guns, except flip flop down there. Um, and 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 I appreciate no, I, it. I uh, only flip flop when it's convenient for me. That's true. Yeah, good point. You're always playing games. I see you. It's like but, he just plays. He plays both sides, so he always yeah, comes out fun. on top. It's fun. Middle yeah. man Tyler. Yeah. No, he, he just stuck to his guns a minute ago. So I was, I was, I was he impressed. Did. He did. He did. On it's that. first time he for flip on that. What did I flip? What did I not flip up on? I forgot already. I'm um, Bay. 
Oh yeah. 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 You were good. Good for me. Good for you. (laughs) Good for you, Tyler. Good for you. Good for you. Well, for I do want to ask you something though too. What is your favorite Andrew McCutcheon maybe story or something that like no one knows about? I mean, we we gotta hear something about Kutch. Hmm. There's a lot uh, making you think. Wait, well, hold on. Is Fort speechless? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I am. He's got to think of one that's appropriate. <laughs> now I'm pretty pretty open book. Um, I don't think I feel like McCutcheon does much that's inappropriate. To be honest, no, he's a great human being. Um, Man, I, I keep thinking of different stuff, but it's it's definitely not the best one. I may have to get back to you on the best one, but like Kutch has this like unique ability to like just become a like kid again all of a sudden. And um when when he got married, nobody was gonna nobody could put together his bachelor party. So I ended up putting it together and he came to Nashville. And we did all this like stuff with Navy SEALs and tactical stuff. And he was a Call of Duty guy. And, and it, it was watching like him and Pedro and, and Jones and everybody like some of my best memories of that group, especially Kutch, because like we went from like six in the morning to like 12 at night being little kids. And that's kind of the like way that we've always been as friends, like whether it's playing ping pong doing something stupid. Like we used to one time in Cincinnati, this is a great story is Kutch was just getting bombarded with, with, with the autographs. And there's the same people over and over again. I thought you were going to say pitches. Yeah. Yeah. That's that too. Um, in Cincinnati, yeah. So, so we, me and was it, it may have been Snyder or Pedro. I don't remember. Came up with an idea to like run as fast as we could at the, at the uh, guys waiting for the autographs and Kutch be behind us and then disperse in all directions. And it was, we got it on video. I wish I could find it. It was the funniest thing ever because they weren't sure. Cause Jay Hay was right next to Kutch and they just dispersed Jay. They had their hoodies on and everything. Like it was hilarious. Cause they're like, which one is he? Which one is he? Where's Kutch? Where is he? And I kid you not. Like we did it night after night and we tried different things and, the last night Kutch was in the, in the hotel lobby and they were all outside and he goes, just waved at him. <laughs> it was just like that little kid led him and I just, just laughed so hard because we, we played with them every time we went there. Cause I mean, they would ask him to sign like, like 20 cards and be 20 guys and it was the same guys over and over again. And they weren't necessarily nice all the time. So like, dude, I know you're tired of that. Like, let's have some fun. We did this in, Boston and it was a blast. He was like, Yeah, what do you want to do? And it was never good enough. We had to figure out a new way to do it. So that's kind of the the cutch that maybe people don't know. It takes a little while to get him out of it, but like the dancing and everything else, like that came out over time. He's just a good dude. And I'm I'm so excited to have him back. So I'm sure there'll be more stories. Yeah, I'm kind of excited to see Cutch like in the the post Uncle Larry days. Cause like Uncle Larry didn't come out until Philly. So now we yeah. uh and I feel like that's like once he left, like we all, I mean, we saw him every day on the Pirates and like, you know, we, we loved him. But I feel like nationally, like people didn't really like 
get his personality or mm-hmm. or like he didn't really start opening up until he left Pittsburgh. And that then like it was going to Philly and I feel like he kind of like you know, his career mm-hmm. had kind of taken a little bit of a, a downhill slide at that point, but he was still, you know, he was still a good baseball player, just not what he was. And then all of a sudden everybody was like, Oh shit, Andrew McCutcheon's a really cool guy, <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> and and and, and I think that that was kind of like what three, four years ago. Kind of, I feel like he's just kind of like what came out of his shell a little bit. Yeah, he he was always there, like most one of the most humble superstars you ever meet, and mm-hmm. you know that's that's the guy you want to surround the young guys with and whatnot. So um, he'll be a good influence, and he's always had that personality. It's just when's it going to come out? And people are usually surprised by it, and I'm just like, that you guys don't see that. Like it was the dude I met the first you know couple weeks we friends and i'm like dude like we're gonna be like yin and yang for a while because we have that stupid funny person like joking personality and he's just like one of my friends and my wife he's good at everything and i'm like a big meathead so it's just like it's just funny all the time yeah all the time it's great well i'm looking forward to it and then hopefully you and him have some good moments on uh on at yeah yeah get yeah. some get some stuff out of him does he does he do the Eddie Murphy impersonation? Was it him that used to do it? I can't remember. He he does a lot of yeah. He'll do an Eddie Murphy. It's good too. I feel like I've seen it on a jumbotron before. Dude, he can he can draw. He he can he can rap. He can sing. He makes. I beats. think yeah. I think it was Neil Walker that was saying on Big Ben's podcast that McCutcheon like just took the mic and started singing during the wedding during Neil Walker's wedding. Dude, it's just it's amazing. Like some of the things that like Charlie Morton, dude. Picked up a guitar at his wedding and started singing to his wife. And I turned to Jacqueline, my wife. I said, how is anybody here that's not married going to let up to it? And, like, what do I have to do to, like, make up for what just happened? Because I, I mean, you pick up the guitar at his wedding and wrote a song. I mean, mm-hmm. the talent that, like, some guys have just is, is remarkable. I mean, I always think about Stephen Brawl. Like, I mean, what? You can do this too? Yeah. And, and you can hit? Come on. That's true. <laughs> Wild. Yeah. Well, well, Fort, I think that's, I think it's wrapping up then. So, um, want to say again, thanks for coming on. And I uh, left we'll, we'll some, have to get you on again sometime soon. Absolutely. I'd, I'd love that. And I'm actually, mm-hmm. reason why I'm doing this, I'm starting my own little podcast. It's, you, you, it's, it's not baseball oriented. Um, I'm sure there'll be some baseball with it, but it's called Relentless Fortitude. And I'm going to talk to people that have been through life and crawled their way out. And hopefully I can use it to help a lot of kids. Uh, I, I do a lot of uh, stuff with schools and stuff and the mental health crisis and, and some of the stories I've heard and all the things that go unseen. Like I'm, I'm supposed to speak in February at an event uh, kid star baseball player killed himself nobody saw it coming I, I hear that so much and I, I hope that through some of my connections and some of the people I've gotten to talk to that they'll be vulnerable enough to share the courage they had to crawl out of a dark place to find that light and and really be able to make something of themselves and hopefully use that to help a lot of people so not baseball just great conversation real conversation and um a lot of elite military people I'm going to, I'm going to talk to um, to get their story out because the backstory to how they got there is, is wild. And then transitioning out of sports 
in baseball and stuff and the 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 depths of darkness some guys have gone through and it's going to be fun it's gonna be good and if you guys ever want to share anything like i'm all in because it's all mm-hmm. an opportunity to hopefully help you know kids because they're not learning you know what life can be you know so you got room for three more around that table that's anytime, awesome man anytime yeah it it all stemmed with i when i started the thought of it i had to make i'm making a website a brand like fortmchenry.com and i had to tell my story and the guy was like what was the biggest moment of your life that like really put you on a trajectory when you look back and i was like huh and i, and I thought about it and i started crying and it was the moment my wife's dad passed away and i saw the grief she had and i literally like was like that was the moment i understood what love was i understood like how much i could love a human being in the worst moment of her life i mean we were 22 years old gonna get married six months later and i picked her up and carried her almost a half a mile to the car and i went back years later and i was like i couldn't do this on my best day and it just was like something bigger than myself was there and that moment was huge i was like that gave me a different type of understanding of you know what grief can do in a positive way and what like hurt can do in a positive way and from some of my biggest failures and biggest mishaps like when i got hurt in 13 that's why i'm at at t you know i I didn't want to do it. Got pushed to do it, and then they offered me a job. You know, seven years later. So there's always a way out if you're willing to look hard enough for that little glimmer of light. And I just want to. I just pray I can, you know, give that to somebody. If it's one, and they do fifty, who cares? It's just, as long as it can be for one. So nice. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So when when are when uh, when are you expecting to start that up? Uh, probably start it at the end of January. Um, as soon as the, 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 the website's done and I can get all this stuff oriented, um, had, had a lot of issues with, with some of the stuff. So yeah. get the audio up and running. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Is a studio in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I just moved here. Yeah. That, weird. That, that so, I, get, we I guess, uh, my two co-hosts will have to travel to me. Yeah. How about this? I'll take you guys to lunch or dinner whenever, whenever you can in the next couple of weeks. Oh, well, we don't, we don't live in Pittsburgh anymore. None of us are actually in Pittsburgh. Okay, when you come so, up. Yeah, say, we'll, we'll be our planning yeah. though. We'll be up. Potentially uh, being up to the first week of June and have like right, a live, yeah. live show PNC park. So maybe that cool. time. Yeah. Cool. Hey, sure. if you let me know, I talked to Burgatory and we're in communication, maybe doing a like kind of a post post game show, like highlight maybe a Pittsburgh mm-hmm. beer or brewery. You know, yeah. beers, bros, and baseballs, or something like that. Like, have some fun with it. Yeah, I love beers. I love bros. I love baseball. There you go. So, um, yeah, when I when I did Outkick 360, it, it's in Sixth and Peabody in Nashville. Like their studio is in the corner. Mm-hmm. My one of my really good friends kind of brokered the deal for all that stuff, and I was like, this is brilliant because they prep outside and they're talking to fans and and you know about the Titans and whatnot. And I'm like. Man, that would be really cool because, like, Pittsburgh would embody that way better than Nashville when it comes to sports, especially when things are going good. So I went up to the uh, manager downtown Burgatory, and he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then, sure enough, corporate said, yeah, let's do it. So Nice. Sweet. Yeah. Good stuff. Maybe we can look at that. Definitely, for sure. Yeah. 
But yeah, thank you for coming on. We always, it's always fun having you on. No doubt. Yeah. I like the real conversation. I don't, I don't, I don't get that a lot because you know, it, it's good to challenge. Like some of the best moments I have are off camera with Rob King and him pushing back on stuff because he will never back down and it's awesome. And then we come to a conclusion like mm-hmm. neither one of us were really right and we found a better solution almost every time. It's crazy. <laughs> it's like, it'd be cool if somebody actually called us and like, yeah, it would, but they're not gonna. <laughs> well, I'll challenge you. What did you hit your first year in Pittsburgh? 222. Correct. Yep. Good 233 job. is next year, I believe. With 12 hummers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I hit the next year. It's kind of blacked out. So that was 2013. I think that was the year you were hurt. Yeah. Yep. Thanks, Rain Man. You also had a uh, 140 WRC plus in Colorado, for the record. I'm just. This is turning into that SNL skit. Yeah. Remember that time when you hit 233? That was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to make sure that Fort knew I knew his numbers more than him. You do, and I appreciate it. There you go. It's great. Well, hey, All thanks, right. thanks, guys. Yeah, for sure. Let's get it. out of here before Tyler starts right off some more numbers. So, thanks for coming <laughs> we got, on. We thanks got all watching. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we'll be gone again this Thursday with another uh, guest. So uh, we'll see you then. Bye bye, you guys. See, see ya. Summer, Scouts. <laughs>